Welcome to the Compliance Perspectives Podcast. I'm Adam Turtletow from the Society of Corporate Compliance and Ethics and Healthcare Compliance Association. Joining us today from New Jersey is Christian Focacci. Christian is Vice President Offering Management at Steel Compliance Solutions. And today we're going to be talking about third parties, vetting them, and what data is really important to have. Uh, Christian, thanks for taking the time to talk to us. Hey, I'm great to be here. Great to have you. So first, what is the data that companies really want to and need to find? Sure. So when you think about from a compliance perspective and a regulatory perspective, the the first level is things that they have to screen against. For example, if you're a company in the United States, you can't do business with entities or individuals on the the OFAC list, which is a list created by the Department of Treasury. Um, So that's a structured list that the government makes. And and our U.S. government has one and different governments around the world have different sanctions and watch lists. That's kind of the first level of data that you want to screen against because there's a regulatory obligation that you have to know if you're doing business with any individuals on that list. Outside of that data, it gets a lot broader, right? Because that's structured um, sanctioned information that you need to know. But then there's also reputational risk information where if you're just a company, you might not want to be doing business with a certain class of uh, client or companies in certain industries or things like that, or companies who might have some sort of reputational risk issue. And that's where it gets a little more fuzzy and the information is harder to gather. A lot of times that might come through news articles, websites, media, things like that. Um, but as you can imagine, it's a much, much larger information than structured information that a government provides us. So there's different levels of data that you might want to screen or vet against. And it really depends on the risk of the third party you're doing business with of of how wide of a net you're going to cast to identify that information. Now, when it comes to data getting collected, you know, people do have a, a decent sense, I think, generally of what they need to know. But a lot of times the key data points get missed. Um, Why is that generally? Yeah, that's a million dollar question and and where I spend most of my time kind of trying to diagnose why you find something or didn't find something. So if we take a step back and look at a search system, which which all of these essentially are, they're search systems, why does data get missed? And the first reason, which kind of is gonna sound really silly, is the information that you wanna find is not in the data set that you're looking for. Um, So basically the information is not where you're searching is the number one reason things get missed. And what that means in practice is, going back to that sanctions list example, let's say you have 10 sanction lists from different governments around the world that you want to see if this company you're doing business with is in any of these 10 sanctions lists. If you're searching nine of those lists in, you know, the information, the name is on the 10th list and you're not searching that, you're not going to find it. That's pretty simple when you have a defined universe. For example, a sanctions list, we know there's a finite number of countries in the world. There's a finite number of lists that we're going to search against. That's pretty easy to say, okay, we just have to make sure that we are going to be searching where the information is and that's included in the data set. The greater problem is when you kind of go out into the world and you want to say, well, I want to know all information, right? And that's where it gets much more difficult because it's almost impossible to bring in all of the news articles, all of the websites, all of the different places this information exists. So the one reason that information might not be found is you just haven't captured it. So during this recall phase of capturing the wide net of information, the information you're searching for is not in, hasn't been included. 
The second piece of that is, okay, let's say we have in this magical scenario captured every piece of information in the world in our data set that we're searching. The next reason things get missed is kind of the precision stage, which is why aren't we picking this up based on how we're searching it? Because what people don't realize is search relevance is closer to an art than it is a science, right? Um, it's a vague term. We might have different opinions of what makes a result relevant in the search system. So the simplest example could be, maybe I'm searching for John Smith, and that's how I input this name into the system to search. But in my underlying data set, so I've captured the information I'm looking for, the name is listed as John R. Smith. There's a middle name or a middle initial. To a human, you would say, oh yeah, that was, those are identical, right? John Smith, John R. Smith, same thing. But to a computer, they're not, right? John R. Smith doesn't equal John Smith. So there's two kind of components of why something might not get picked up in the world. The first one is you just haven't captured it, so you, you would never find it because you're not searching it. The second one is all the nuances around, even if you do have that information is searchable, are your filtering and fuzzy matching and all these different parameters to return this information, is it being included in the search result? Because a lot of times, especially for name matching or things like that, there may be a thousand results that have John Smith, but we can't return every result that has it. So we have to come up with different ways to limit that to say, these are the 10 results that are the most relevant. But what that means is there's 990 other results that get don't get shown. So two pieces. One, is the information being found and do we have it? And two, is our relevancy scoring the way we're doing matching to find into the information, returning what we want to find? Um, and those are the, the kind of two areas when you diagnose why are you finding something or why are you not finding and how do you find what you want to find? So let's drill down a little bit on that. How do you find what you want to find? Which, you know, I have a question about winnowing down data. I mean, it's easy to collect at this point, as you mentioned, a lot of data. There's a lot of stuff out there, but some of it is just not important distraction noise. How do you winnow it down to what's really important? Yeah, I would almost start backwards. So that's exactly right, because there's so much information. How do you winnow it down through what's important? And there's ways to do that with computers and things like that. Uh, but I would start at the the problem statement of how much, how certain do you need to be as a compliance professional, as a researcher, as something, um, how certain do you need to be that you're finding this information? And that's going to determine how wide of a net you ideally want to cast, right? If you say, well, I can just kind of need to do a cursory glance and I don't need to be positive that this entity is on the OFAC list, well, then you can treat it one way. But if you say, I need to be absolutely sure 100% positive, that means you're going to cast a, a wider net. So the best way to figure out how wide or narrow you wanna go is, is how certain you need to be to, that you need to find this information. Because if you need to be certain, that is going to be intensive, right? It's going to be require man hours, it's going to require to look at a lot of things. If you say, I don't need to be as intensive and I just need to kind of make sure they're on either on a subset of information, like a certain list, or I need to know if they're not do doing business in a certain way, that gives you more options, right? So once you kind of figure out how broad or narrow you want to go based on your risk uh, exposure to this entity or individual, then you have different options. If you're saying, so that's the first piece. And then the second piece is, okay, how do we know without with technology? Um, and there's a lot of ways to do that. 
the the big one now is or the simplest one is if you're talking about screening and, and name matching is how fuzzy do you want to name make your name matching which is just kind of the tech term for um how close do you want to be able to match a name to another name so for example if you're searching for john smith should you pick up john with j-o-h-n should you pick up john if it's j-o-n should you pick up middle names and middle initials right so that's kind of a low level and that's pretty straightforward. We've been doing that in the industry for years as far as identifying names and entities that are unsanctioned and watch lists. What's growing now is the use of machine learning and artificial intelligence. And that is kind of the next advanced step. And that's really applied to unstructured text. So instead of looking at a structured list of information, you're looking at all of that information that's floating around in the world. And there's a lot more of that, right? There's millions of new trillions of news articles and websites and all these different things that have been accumulating around the world. Um, so we've been successful at applying machine learning to taking this unstructured text and giving some structure to it. So essentially what we do is we can figure out what these articles about, names and places and people mentioned in them, um, dates. We can extract all the different things. And what that ideally lets us do is um, gives more levers and dials to filtering information. Because um, we're not going to restrict the amount of information out there, but we can let users and people who have to Im interact with some information we can give them um, different facets to say, I want this person's name in this country from articles after a certain date. And then that lets you kind of search a lot of information, but really target in what you're looking for. Um, so long-winded answer, but the first step I would say is figure out what's your risk exposure and how deep do you really need to dive to find this information? Because that's going to determine your resources. Because no matter what, there we can't spend endless amounts of time looking for this information so we have to kind of first um, appropriate how much time do we have to get this job done and then we once we know those parameters we could say within those constraints how can we use technology to then limit it even further and those are the, the two pieces but the simplest one is just to say let's do a risk-based approach high medium low risk let's look for a lot of information on our high risk third parties and for lower risk third parties Let's maybe do wider scans, but not go as deep. Sounds like uh, there's not an easy answer to that, and uh, it's still <laughs> going to take a lot of judgment. But and I do want to come back to the machine learning piece in a bit. First, though, when you're going through all this data, is there data that tends to get in the way that isn't really important that, but may seem to be at the time? Yeah. So when you're looking at this information. One of the things that's difficult is determining sources of information, and, and now more so than ever. Um, so how do you vet media sources, especially in places that you're not familiar with, right? If you're doing business in a certain country and you're familiar with the publications, you might know um, this news source is very credible, their reporting is really reliable, and you might know that this one is not, right? But it gets much tougher when we're in a global world you're going to be doing business maybe in emerging markets or geographies that you're not familiar with the, the publication sources. And one of the challenges we see, especially from the news angle and, and aggregating all this information is, how do you know which news is, is more reliable than other news, right? Or this source reported something and it's credible and, or it's not. And it's extremely difficult to do with computers today. Um, there's a lot of different algorithms and people working on this problem of of grading news articles and reporters and building different links to say, okay, this news article links to these five other publications. Let's look at those publications and determine if they're reliable. 
you could kind of do some inference to figure out um, how trustworthy a source is, but it's it's really art and it, there's no you know hard and fast rules behind it. So one of the challenges that we have today is we're inundated with information. So the first step is, okay, can we find it? And if the answer is yes, we found it. And then the next one is, once we find it, and can we get a return in the search results? And we could do that. Then once a human gets it, then it says, okay, should we care about this or not? And that's really challenging. And that's one of the reasons I think um, computers and AI and machine learning is going to augment what we do, and it's really important. But that's where the human element comes in, right? We are really good at that discretionary judgment, identifying gray areas and making decisions off of that. And that's not going away you know, anytime soon. So the technology is good to find the information, but you really need the human element to say this is important or not important. So as you mentioned, you know, AI is going to be a bigger part of things, but judgment's going to be important too. So where do we go from here uh, in terms of how do we manage all of this convergence of technology and judgment and making sure we really are using information about third parties the right way? So in the future, I don't think AI and machine learning is going to replace humans and compliance officers. The big differentiator is going to be um, compliance officers are going to have a better understanding of the limitations of machine learning and technology and how to apply it. So it's almost going to augment their job, um, where today um, they're going to understand the right tools for the right job and using technology. And that's going to be the biggest difference in the future. It's going to be a merger of the two, first one or the other. Well, it'll be very interesting to see because as we've all observed over the last few months, the uh, future often evolves in very unexpected ways. Well, Christian, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. I want to thank all of you for taking the time to listen. I'm Adam Turtletaub from SCCE and ATCA. I hope we're able to expand your compliance perspective.